This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. It's good to be with you this morning. We're right here at the end of Genesis 14. We're going to finish Genesis 14 today. And then we'll move into Genesis 15, where God makes his covenant with Abram and gives him his new name, which is an important principle in scripture, which we'll deal with next week. And when he gives him a new name, he walks in in even a mighty way. And we've already seen that God has blessed Abram in his faithfulness. God has blessed Abram in his willingness to serve and willingness and willingness to hear his word and act upon it. Obviously, we're in a we're talking about somebody that's in a good position. Now, uh, It's important that you see principles that have built his character. Abram's character has been built over time and over time following God. And that character, when it's built to following God, it causes you to begin to become wise in how you make decisions. It causes you to become wise in in how you determine things and how you walk through things. And that's what Abram is doing here. He is, he's, he's learned things. We see that he's a military genius now. We see that he is, he's able to handle a large household. He's a great manager of people. He's able to work his, work his way through and navigate his, through the po- himself through the politics of the region that he lives in. He's a man of influence. He's a man of, of character. He's a man of, of power. And I think that now, after we've reached this point in Abram's life, as we look at him, we ought to look at the things that he's learned and some of the ideas that he proffers out, and he does, throughout uh, the rest of the time we're going to be studying him for the next couple more chapters. You'll learn some things from Abram, because Abram has some principles that he lives by and some ideas and ideals that he has seen make him successful. Now, are always are those ideas and ideals always going to make you successful? Not necessarily in every situation, but their wisdom. What does that mean? Wisdom is not only understanding, but wisdom is understanding seeing the world from God's perspective, and and uh, seeing the world as God sees it is seeing the world in reality. It is actual reality. God's view of things, how things are from His perspective is reality. The way I see things is oftentimes marred by all the limited aspects to who I am. I'm limited by my sin nature. I'm limited by my experiences. I'm limited by what I've been taught, or I'm limited by what I understand. And so I'm very limited as a human being, but God's not limited. God knows all things. He's in all things. He's a part of all things. And so when we look at, when we look at Abram's life, he is seeing things from a perspective of wisdom. He's seeing things from a perspective of understanding. He's seeing things from God's perspective. And you go, how do you get with the book of Proverbs is a great book to read if you want to know about how to gain wisdom. It is written by the wisest man to ever live, Solomon. And it is a great book on wisdom. And I would encourage you, if you want to, if you want to understand wisdom, to read the book of Proverbs. But 
in order to gain wisdom in all actuality in your own specific location, where you are in the world, where you are in time and space, where we find ourselves today, the way you gain wisdom is to hear God's word, to trust it, to believe it, and to act upon it. And God will begin to open your eyes and reveal to you how the universe actually operates and how how he is operating in the universe around you. And so wisdom is gained by walking with God. That's how you gain understanding, how you begin to see things from a true perspective rather than a skewed perspective, which is your perspective, how you see things with clarity. And clarity is important oftentimes in making decisions. And so it says, it says that now the king of Sodom said to Abram, now remember king of Sodom, he's one of the four kings and the leader of the four kings who lost the war before. He also is one of the four kings who ran off and hid in the desert. He is, he is, he is by far and away a corrupt king. He is a losing king and he is a king that lost everything and is dependent on Abram who is not a king. He's not, he's not setting himself up as a ruler, although he acts far superior to kings. He acts far superior in knowledge, far superior in power, far superior in his ability to manage people. He, uh, he comes to Abram and he says, he says, give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. What he's saying is, what's important to me is that I get the people that I lost and you can have all of our possessions. Now, that seems to be a really positive thing that the king said, and that is an understanding that is important to to get from God's word. People are more important than possessions, and uh, that is so at least the king of Sodom understands that, and he understands that the people of this world are far more important than any possession that you might gain. Possessions are time limited. People are not. People live in eternity. Possessions live in the moment and pass away real quickly. So a life that's focused on possessions oftentimes is a life that ends up being empty and meaningless. And the king of Sodom, he just wants his people back. And I think that is admirable of him, even though it's quite clear that he he leads a decadent society and he is the head of a of a culture that is going into chaos. And the loss of this battle and the ability for for Abram to win with just a few hundred men against an army that he couldn't defeat when he had thousands of men is just evidence of the decadence of the people, the lack of moral character and lack of moral fiber of the people that he leads and and the quality of the individuals that he's he's dealing with. And we're going to see that later on, that he does live in a decadent, uh, a godless society, and that godless society is ultimately corrupt to the core. It says, but Abraham said to the king of Sodom, because Abraham is wise. Abram knows who Sodom is. He knows where that place is. He knows what the people are like there. He knows the problems with those people. And he knows their background and he knows their history. And the knowledge of someone's background and history might lead you to an understanding who they are. Now, if they begin to walk by the grace of God, and they begin to walk in that grace fully, they may become someone totally different. And uh, you always leave open that possibility that uh, someone has changed. But by the way, they don't change on their own. They change by God's hand. And so if you're dealing with someone and you say, this person's changed because they went to this place or they did that thing, I would always say to you, they're still who they are. If you said to me, this person's changed because they've got a 
uh, a life-giving, powerful relationship with God where they didn't have one before, then I would say there's a good likelihood that's true. Telling me that someone has changed and not telling me the mechanism by which they've been changed is, is a fruitless proposition. It doesn't usually work out that way. People are changed by God. They don't change themselves. God's the one. He's the only real, true, permanent, and life-giving change agent in the world. And so if they're not being changed by him, the likelihood is they're just polishing up what was already decadent on the inside. And so he says, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high, uh, the possessor of heaven and earth. Notice he's taking on that. He's taking on that mantle. God has revealed himself uh, through Melchizedek or Jesus. God has revealed himself to, to, to Abram as the God most high. And he's the head of everything. And Abram is recognizing that God has revealed himself that way to him. And he's calling him that. Notice that's a continual walk with God. He's gained an understanding of who God is. And he's walking in that understanding of who God is. Wow. That's a sign of a man who is maturing and becoming wise in his walk. He says, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, meaning God is over everything. That's that whole sovereignty idea. That's that, that's that fundamental principle in scripture that we've got to get down. God is sovereign. God is in control of everything. He's the God most high. He is the possessor. He's not only the owner, he is the possessor of heaven and earth. And you go, well, what's the difference, Chad? There's a big difference. If you rent a piece of property, you're the possessor of that property. You're not the owner of that property. If you rent a car, you're the possessor of that car. You're not the owner of that car. The owner has rights in whatever you possess. God's not just the owner of heaven and earth. He's the possessor of heaven and earth. He not only owns it, he operates in it. He's not aloof. He's not set apart. He's constantly acting in his creation and understanding that and knowing that. And when I say knowing that, a lot of people think of cognitive thought, meaning I I understand that principle, Chad, that God's in control. That's not what I'm talking about knowing. I'm talking about Yoda knowledge. I'm talking about intimate knowledge. I'm talking about knowledge that affects the way you live your life, that effectuates who you are. If you are a person who believes that God is sovereign with Yoda knowledge, with intimate knowledge, with knowledge that effectuates how you live your life each and every day, you're going to be a person of great power and great influence. Why? Because you not only assent to the truth that God's in charge, but you act as if he's in charge in everything you do. And when you act as if he's in charge in everything you do, you are acting by faith in a truth, a immutable truth about your creator. And he's going to act on your behalf because of that. I think that's very important for you. And I think it's important for you to understand that and to see that and to act upon that. He says here, he says, he swore to the God of the God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, that he would take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap, and that I will not take anything that's yours, lest you say, I have made Abraham rich. What he's saying is, I do not want to gain my position in the world from someone of the world. I do not want to gain who I am in the kingdom by stepping on someone who is in the world. And now that is a fabulous principle to understand in scripture. Are people going to help you through life? Sure they are. Are lost people going to be a part of what's going on around you? Absolutely they are. But when you become dependent on the world and the people of the world over who God is, you you become a person of the world, 
not just a person in the world. And the Bible says we're to be in the world, but not of the world. And looking for a handout or a hand up from people who are who are not godly, associating with them in such a way that you are trying to promote who you are will always end up for the godly. It will always end up in chaos and despair. And the reason that is, is because the ruler or the person who is in control of the godlessness of this world is not on your side. He's not out to promote you. He's not out to make you better. He's not out to build your uh, influence. The king of Sodom here, he was desperate. He was desperate to have his people back. The only way he can be a king is to have people, and he needed those people back. He said to Abram, listen, obviously he didn't have the power to take anything that Abram had back from him because his army got defeated by the army that Abraham destroyed with 300 men. And he obviously was in no position to do anything. But what he told Abram was, he told Abram, listen, <clears throat> I need my people so I can be a king. Abram said, take everything. And the reason I want you to take everything is I don't want anybody to associate me and what I've accomplished and who I am in the kingdom of God with you. I want who I am to be based off of glorifying God. I want I won't be able to be, be, be people to be able to point to me. And when they say Abram's successful, Abram's wise, Abram's got his act together, I want that to be based off of my relationship with God and not my relationship with you. I don't want anybody to be able to say that I benefited in any way from you because well, to tell you the truth, you're not someone I want to be associated with. That's uh, that's some tough stuff right there. That's some that's a now no, more, normally a person who is talking to a king would want to say nice things to the king, would want to get on the king's side, wouldn't want to find himself in opposition to the king. But Abram don't care. Abram in the south, he he don't care what the king thinks. And that's common to Southerners anyway. We don't care what the king thinks. The uh, He says, I'll take nothing from you. I don't want anybody to be able to say that who I am is a result of anything that you did. He says, I have made Abram rich, except only what the young men have eaten. What he's saying is, I want to be paid for what we did for you. He's saying, I want, I want to be paid back for the food that it costs for us to go win the battle. And and he says, he says, Anar, Eskel, and Mamre, He's obviously found some people that were associated with Sodom that he likes, that he sees something in. He says to them, he says, let them take their portion, meaning let them go. Let them get away from you. Let them take their portion of their possessions because they're somebody of importance and uh, they're somebody who made a difference. And I'm saying to you, let them take their portion and go for the rest of it. You can have it. Uh, that is a that is a man of stature who is able to say that to a king. <clears throat> That's a man of wisdom who's able to understand that principle that he didn't want his success to be based off of that of a person of the world. And ultimately, that is a man of influence that's going to change the world. And we know that's true of Abraham because he is becoming Abraham each and every day, walking with God and learning who he is. I think that's a, this is a fabulous story. Got some great insights into it about how God operates and how human beings should operate. And I hope you're able to see that also. Abram saved his nephew Lot and he saved his family. And in the process, 
The world benefited from it. Sodom did benefit from it. The king of Sodom did benefit from it. But but Abram didn't want to gain any benefit from them. Abram wanted to take any glory and give it to God. He wanted to take any any gain that might have happened. He wanted that gain to come from God and not come from the king of Sodom. Because the king of Sodom, we're going to see down the road, is a corrupt king who leads a corrupt people. I hope you see that. And I hope you under, you you gain some understanding and insights from that. I hope that that you are seeking to know the God Most High, the one who is the possessor of heaven and earth. He is not only the title deed holder, he's actively and intimately involved in what he's doing. He is the possessor of heaven and earth. And you serve him, you know him, you ought to walk with him. I hope I hope you continue to do that. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.